Oh, hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. I'm sure if you've been in Wellington, Auckland or Christchurch pre-lockdown, you'll have noticed the hot pink electric scooters dotted around the city, flamingo scooters. These guys are the only New Zealand owned and operated option for e-scooters on our streets and they're going up against worldwide giants like Uber. And even more amazing is that Flamingo was started by two 21 year old guys from Wellington. If you're a business geek like me, when you see a business like this pop up, you have so many questions about how it all works behind the scenes and how on earth you even go about starting an e-scooter business, which is why I was so interested to get Jackson, who's one of the co-founders of Flamingo, along with his business partner Nick, on for a chat today to ask him all of my burning questions. On top of that, I knew that these guys would have lots of interesting COVID-related chat to share, especially because while their scooters might have been off the streets during lockdown, they've launched Flamingo Food, delivering food from local restaurants on their scooters. How's that for a fantastic pivot? I can't wait to hear all about it, so let's jump straight into my chat with Jackson. Hey Jackson, welcome. Thanks for joining me on Pep Talk. You are calling in from your, are you in your home bubble or your work bubble or where are you at at the moment? Yeah, in my home bubble at the moment. Thanks so much for having me on, Grace. Welcome. And whereabouts are you based? Are you in Wellington? Yeah, based in Wellington. I'm actually over in um, Melbourne at the moment though, so (laughs) kind of got stuck in my bubble over here. We were um, looking to hopefully expand into Australia this year before kind of our whole world changed. So, um, yeah, it's slowed things down a little bit, but yeah. um, Yeah. Oh, so there's going to be a good story. I want to hear all about that. That sounds very exciting. But you're, so you, do you have family there or anything or are you just like stuck in a hotel room? No, no. Yeah. So I lived here for a few years um, before Flamingo, but no, most of my family and everything based in Wellington, Wellington's sort of home and where I I am most of the time. (laughs) Nice. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know that you were in Melbourne. So thank you for phoning in from all the way over there. That's cool. So I know you haven't heard one of these chats before, but just so you know, we always kick these off with some this or that questions just to get warmed up. So this is going to be totally new to you. So um, you just need to go with your first instant quick fire. And I'm going to go with the first one is going to be ice cream, cone or cup. Serious. <laughs> cone for sure yeah gotta have something to crunch on at the end of the ice cream <laughs> unless it's like a sorbet if it's a sorbet or, or like a gelato definitely in a cup <laughs> oh controversial i feel like when you do the cone you're getting more value for money because you're getting more stuff that you can eat right yeah it's for important. sure <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we've got cardio or weights or you Ooh. can say neither <laughs> usually neither but i think some cardio is good just to stay healthy for sure yeah i don't often don't often hit the weights <laughs> <laughs> good 
don't know. Next up, we've got go to the movies or watch a movie at home. Well, at the moment, we're definitely watching movies at home. (laughs) True. We don't have a choice right now. (laughs) In general, would you rather go out or stay in for a movie? Oh, I usually go out for a movie, yeah. So it's good to have the full experience. I actually um, love a drive-in movie. There's not many in Wellington, but over here in um, Melbourne, like, it's so cool, like, parking up and just watching a movie in your car. Oh, that sounds like a dream. Good date night. I like that. (laughs) All right, last one. We're going to go with Apple or Samsung? Apple for sure. Yeah, 100% Apple. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, me too. The other day I picked up, I had my my MacBook, my iPad and my iPhone in one handful. I was like, this has gone too far. (laughs) I'm the same. I've got all three. I've even got the Apple Watch. So, um, yeah. Oh, me too. No. (laughs) Big Apple fanboy. (laughs) Nick and I are both Apple and a lot of of the staff are Android in it. It's almost going to have to become like a recruitment question. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a company policy you need to bring up. You just can't, you can't transfer between those two. It just doesn't work. <laughs> All right. So nice to get a bit of a glimpse with you into some of those big questions to start with. Mm-hmm. All about ice cream. So now for the first half of chatting, I like to cover the kind of business as usual world with you and save the what's happening right now, COVID-19 chat to a little bit closer at the end, but I know it, it does come into it through. Mm-hmm. Um, but to begin with, it would be cool if you could tell me a bit about what you guys were doing before you started Flamingo. I know that you and Nick are both quite young so there might not be that much ground to cover um but what were you up to before and how did you guys meet yeah awesome so nick and i actually met at a business accelerator program run through creative hq in wellington so we've both always had a huge interest in startup business and um sort of yeah getting like right right from the start we've kind of always had a few little cool business startup ideas that uh nick and i worked on together um and i think flamingo was the first one that really took off um so that was exciting because yeah we sort of had a few other ideas we were playing around with but um flamingo was the one that sort of yeah really had the ground running so we um before that though because i guess you've asked for before flamingo yeah i guess we we haven't had too much before there but um yeah me personally i studied business always had a really strong interest in business and worked for a few years in um a business advisory accounting role so that's sort of my background and then nick's more the technology um he worked as a software engineer before flamingo and we sort of always were connected through that interest and passion and startup businesses and it's kind of what brought us together to create flamingo yeah what a good union of your skills that's awesome and so doing those like kind of young enterprise things and incubator incubator programs and things what do you think it was about you that meant you gravitated towards those things like what skills and characteristics do you have that led you down that kind of path rather than something else do you think Mm, i think personally um I like to take a bit of risk and I'm quite competitive so I love like um, (laughs) love sort of like the competitive nature of like getting a company up and running and trying to create it to be the best that it can be Um, and yeah it's I just kind of like to be creative and work on my own sort of terms to a large extent like I've never been a big um, 
person for rules like I think rules are made to be broken to a large extent and sort of um, bend them as much as you can so yeah I love the sort of startup um, area and just learning as much as I can about um, yeah how to how to build and grow um, businesses and I think that's sort of what I enjoyed the most about my previous business advisory roles as well even though it was only um, two or three years like I really loved helping um, helping clients to grow and improve their businesses as well and was it always a bit of a no-brainer for you that you would have a business of your own or like and especially quite young or was it just the timing of when this opportunity happened to come up like were you expecting that you'd work for a bit longer first um yeah it was kind of interesting timing like I guess um kind of expected yeah to be working for a little bit longer first and I think um at the same time though we were always working on sort of startups on the side and sort of bootstrapping them and um kind of trying to try just kind of waiting until one could become a, more of a full-time gig which obviously Flamingo did extremely quickly with um you know we didn't we didn't just um, start small like because of the competition we had and the, um, I guess the license and the council requirements um, to scale really quickly. It sort of was all go right from the start and um, you know we pretty much launched in the three largest cities in New Zealand within two or three months. So it was um, yeah, it was all guns blazing once we got up and running. That that's for sure. Huge. Yeah. There's no slow burn there. There's no like one, <laughs> one step at a time. It's yeah, like, like all it, in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I remember like right at the start, we're like, okay, we can start with like 20 scooters in Wellington and really test the market and see if it's going to work. But obviously that's not the way um, things eventuated. And once we had councils on board, they sort of wanted it to be um you know more of a wide range solution from the start yeah yeah that makes sense maybe it might be helpful if we pause there quickly and just because i want to hear about all of these early stages but before we do i think most people are probably fairly familiar with the e-scooter concept by now but just in case people listening that aren't in the city that has them maybe you can quickly run down for us how this all works like what does flamingo actually do from a customer end point of view yeah, awesome. So, proudly key only Kiwi owned and operated e-scooter operator in Wellington, Auckland, Christchurch at this stage. So, we've got e-scooters all around the city, um, pink branded um, Flamingo e-scooters. So, you jump on a Flamingo right away um, and all you need to do to do that is download the Flamingo app. Um, find scan and unlock the scooter and then you just pay per minute to ride that scooter so the the main um, service offering back before I guess our world changed was really um, short on-demand trips so the beauty of it is you can leave that scooter within reason anywhere you know quickly um, help your morning commute to work leave it outside work or um, in between meetings that sort of thing yeah I love that and that's how I use it is just for because I work in the city of Wellington and I use it to get to the station um mm. where, sometimes I walk but when I'm in a hurry that's the perfect way to do it um and I think I've heard you call it that last mile is that the phrase that you use yeah first first and last mile transport so yeah kind of providing a connection with um public transport in particular so one way we do that is um 
way wave that unlock fee so there's a one dollar unlock fee on rides if you end it at uh, pub in a, within a public transport zone so you might have noticed yourself grace if you end at um, your ride at wellington train station you'll get that dollar off and that's really helping to facilitate that first and last mile connection and that um yeah that flow with public transport that's a great idea i like that because yeah when you're doing a reasonably short trip that even though it's only a dollar to unlock it that you know it's quite a big chunk of what you're Mm. paying so that's yeah that's awesome so if we look a little bit at the time when you were launching flamingo i think i read that you guys saw this idea this model overseas and thought this would be really great in new zealand i guess my kind of question is like a lot of people they see this overseas they'd be like no thank you that looks like a lot of hard work (laughs) what was it for you when you saw these e-scooters that that you were like we can do that (laughs) yeah i guess guess it took a um yeah a little bit of courage there for sure um Mm -hmm. you know we just really really saw the the benefit that they were bringing to the overseas countries and we sort of you know were looking at the rising congestion and Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch in particular um, in New Zealand and you know I'm a big believer that we do need to change the way um, people move around our cities and I think um, in some weird way maybe COVID-19 is helping to do that but we do need to get out of um, out of the current situation which to a large extent is you know one driver in um in a car sort of thing as the main mode of transport so we we really believed in that i guess that overall mission or vision of flamingo um and just yeah we really thought it would um would do really well in new zealand and help help um help with that so i guess yeah a lot of the work we did at the start was you know um, discussing with councils and the NZTA and looking into the legislation and making sure that, that it could safely operate because we knew right from the start that um, you know safety would have would need to be a really strong priority and it's kind of what we've built our whole company culture based on. And so that council approval part of things that must have been a big a big part of getting us off the ground. Um, mm. t- talk us through that a bit was it reasonably smooth or did it take a lot of persistence on your part (laughs) quite a bit of persistence but i think um you know once the councils got on board and they they did kind of establish quite um you know streamlined and proper application processes and um, permit or license um, application and approval um rounds or stages which was cool and yeah we were just over the moon to be at that that very early stage approved to operate in um wellington auckland and then later a little bit later christchurch especially because you know we didn't have too much track record and a lot of the competitor our competitors are large overseas um you know multinational corporate you know corporations so um we were yeah thrilled and to be given that um that kind of green light from the start and i think it was just testament to a lot of those safety measures that we did have in place and we'd done a lot of planning and um kind of structured our whole service offering so that we did meet those expectations from councils but uh, yeah i think the biggest um win and i guess the high point for me with flamingo is just having those efforts and um i guess those that benefit that we've brought the councils kind of be recognized as we win 
those licenses over again. So um, we were so proud to be the only operator to have their license or to go from the trial in Auckland to uh, the next licensing stage in the last round um, with the other two operators not being successful in the same way that, that you know, moments like those are a big win and I think um, that's that, that's when we realise, you know, the efforts we're making and those safety measures um, that we have in place really, really do, do um, you know, do lead to the results, yeah. <laughs> And when you're going above and beyond, you know, with something like that, it's just really great that it's actually recognised. And I guess, do you reckon that you being on the ground here might have been a factor in that? Because you're actually here, you're in the environment, well, you're, you're often here, um, in the environment, you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're in person, whereas some of these big businesses are just coming in from overseas. Like, that must have been a factor, I guess, to some extent. Yeah, uh, potentially to some extent. I guess we like to steer away from any sort of, um, you know, suggestion that it might just be because we're the local player. I think, um, you know, that all oper- all operators do have, um, you know, local representatives and people who meet with the council. But yeah, we're really proud of the partnerships we've built with the councils and we definitely see that relationship being key to our business so that we are providing as much value as possible to the whole the whole of each city yeah with that kind of starting out phase still just in terms of investment i'm kind of interested because it must you know you bought must be over a thousand of these segway brand scooters um that's not gonna be cheap (laughs) where did you get that investment from in the first place to set this all up and would you recommend the route that you went down for investment in bigger picture wise yeah, so our original investment was through a small, uh, privately funded through a small group of um, yeah private investors, all very entrepreneurially minded, as you'd expect. I think at the start, you know, we needed someone who, well, you know, a group of investors who were quite entrepreneurial themselves. They could kind of get behind the wider vision of Flamingo and see what we were planning to achieve and kind of share that vision and believe in it um so i think given the circumstances because we kind of did need to switch everything on really really quickly um it definitely definitely ended up being the best route just to get that investment extremely quickly with not any track record so we went you know we used um existing connections that we did have you know connections that we had from those Um, business accelerator programs and also family and friends who are business owners as well um, were really helpful at that early stage and yeah it it, it definitely was one of those initial um, hurdles to overcome for sure getting the capital that we needed to purchase the scooters and get things up and running especially when um, you know we did want to launch quickly and we all of a sudden had the three largest cities in New Zealand um, accepting our licenses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you yeah. do you order the scooters before you get the license, or do you have to wait and then quickly get them over here as quickly as you can? <laughs> yeah, the timing can be really interesting because obviously a lot of our competitors just kind of have scooters almost on stockpile, like ready to go, ready to send to um, New Zealand or already in the country, sort of thing. We're not. We don't always have the time, the luxury of that. Um, timing so it can be very very chicken and egg sometimes we kind of 
we need to have um you know we usually have them ready to go but just final sign off as once um once we get that approval from the council so in terms of you've got this all off the ground you've got the money and the scooters and you've got council approval and you're ready to go so i want to talk a bit about what your kind of point of difference is i guess because a big thing for you i guess is that there are a few e-scooter options out there and on the face of it at least from a consumer end looking at this naively they are reasonably similar you know they get you from a to b they cost about the same they function about the same but what is it that sets flamingo aside like what are you guys playing up i guess as the why we should choose your scooters instead of the other ones Mm. So I think we have been really overwhelmed by the support from consumers when and customers when it comes to being a Kiwi-owned and operated company. So we do sort of, um, you know, that is that is one um, point of difference that we do do love to highlight because it, it, we do get a lot of support and um, you know we are proudly Kiwi-owned and operated, which does go a long way. Um, and I think kind of tying into that is the approach we take around the community as well so we're the only operator that does do that public transport um, discount that I discussed earlier we're also the only operator with student discounts which is huge for our students in Auckland Wellington and Christchurch so they also get off all their rides um, a dollar um, that dollar to unlock waived and also in some cities they get a lower per minute rate as well um, and then yeah I think just the way that we're out in the um, community or we used to be out in the community you know um, running safety events and having our safety ambassadors out in the street helping people to ride for the first time and making sure that everyone's sort of riding safely and following the rules that does go a long way and um, yeah, it's, 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 it, we were always overwhelmed by the support we got when we obviously when we were up and up and running. Yeah, yeah, I think the safety thing definitely stands out from this end at least. Like uh, setting aside, uh, you know, like your for example, you were doing free helmets. I don't know if that still happens, but those kind of things and the training programs and things. That's all, I guess, from a consumer end. When there's a lot of press around how unsafe these things are, that does kind of stand out. Um, I know that for me, like when I started seeing them around town and I see both of the options here in Wellington, I knew about you guys and I wanted to use the New Zealand one. But I think one barrier that I saw was that I already had the Uber app on mm. my phone and that's how yeah. I can use the jump <laughs> one. Um, and when you're out and about, you're in a hurry, you're on 3G, you're not necessarily going to download a new app and make an account and put in your credit card details and everything. So that yeah, kind yeah, of convenience yeah. factor, I guess if we call it that, is that a bit of a thing for you, like a, a reoccurring issue? And if it is, um, what do you kind of do to, to mitigate that when there might be another option that's easier on the surface for a, cons- for a customer? Mm, yeah for sure I guess that yeah that is one advantage obviously that that competitor in particular has so we'd notice that we do notice it to a little extent um especially in the markets where they also are um but to a large extent once people have tried both apps um they never go back the sort of the convenience goes the other way and we are really really proud of the technology that we have um we're often praised that we have the fastest, quickest, best app and that it, it works the fastest to get that scooter unlocked and locked again. And we, that convenience and that speed is really, really important when we're talking about we've got these customers who are in a hurry, they need to get somewhere from A to B really, really quickly. So that sort of um, 
kind of, I guess, takes priority over the the little bit of startup um, time that that very first time around. But I think one thing we do to overcome that is, you know, a lot of our marketing will be on like social media. So we're trying to get people when they're on their phones, you know, maybe in the evening um, or, you know, on public transport, you know, that's the time. Take a minute or so, download that app so that next time you're in a hurry, then you're all, you're all good to go. You're ready. <laughs> How do you find it going up against these big businesses that we've kind of talked about in terms like they must have pretty deep pockets for like marketing and (laughs) maintenance and so much more I don't know what goes into it all but do you feel that David and Goliath kind of type imbalance (laughs) between you or has it not actually played out like that yeah look I guess um you know it's quite an interesting market in the sense that at least at this stage in Auckland Wellington and Christchurch each operator is kind of given an allocation of the number of scooters they can have so to, to an extent you know that has kind of I think helped to lower the playing field and I think um, you know not just from a competition point of view from us but from a city point of view that's actually valu- um, been valuable because as you can imagine the nuisance that could um, eventuate if everyone was allowed to just have as many scooters as they like an operation yeah. could kind of outweigh that <laughs> benefit that we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that benefit that we're trying to achieve but I think um you know all people they always kind of underestimate themselves and overestimate their competition and I think that's one thing we just we try to realize that as humans I think we always do that and um you know it's important for us to flip that over and realize you know we can do this we can take on the some of the largest you know multinational companies and um no it's been it's been really fun and exciting um definitely have they've been fun competition that's for sure (laughs) yeah and you know you like a challenge so you yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think it's kind of interesting because I if you know but I work at Six Barrel Soda here in Wellington um and it's quite interesting because I kind of saw the the similarities there in that some of our competition and it's not not big part of it but some of it is coca-cola and pepsi mm. like the biggest businesses in the world and we're going up against them with our like you know dinky new zealand marketing <laughs> budget it's quite interesting yeah, yeah. to see those comparisons there so we talked a little bit about technology uh obviously you're the e-scooter business but technology must be a really big part of it because you've not only got that front end user experience side of things but you've also got a lot i imagine that we don't see like this this technology that seems like magic inside the scooters that like slows Mm. them down in certain areas and won't let you park (laughs) them in places like all this stuff just blows my mind um but that must be very complex and have you ever had any like major technical malfunctions or anything like that or have you got it all covered now oh no no so um most of we've never really had any um big malfunctions like that and i think part of um you know part of our you know we definitely are at the roots of a a technology company um even though it's an e-scooter company on the surface so um you know the the solutions we provide like you say with slowing down the scooters in certain zones and stuff that's another big one for the councils um and we're quite lucky that you know the scooters and the firmware that's all done by segway Ninebot, and they've you know been manufacturing um mobility devices for over 20 years so we've got a really kind of established and um you know credible brand that we partner with when it comes to that technology solution so we've um yeah been so thankful that there's been no um 
I guess, malfunctions, as you put it, and that that's kind of testament to the safety procedures that both Segway Ninebot and Flamingo has in place to ensure that, you know, no scooter on the street is on the street until it's um, been tested rigorously and it has that ongoing maintenance as well. And I think maybe that's the other part of the technology solution that the customer doesn't always see, but obviously there's a huge... Um, huge side of it which is for our operational team and our maintenance staff to ensure that all scooters um, go through regular maintenance you know they're flagged and um, no longer available for riders but flagged for pickup and um, you know those maintenance inspections and checklists that are all run through the the app and the technology as well as, as another big part of it to make sure that every scooter on the street is safe at all times and um even just the amount of data that we get coming through from the customer on um, you know their feedback their review um, it all comes into how we how we how that feeds back to the scooter to make sure that if someone's reported a problem no one else rides it until that's been checked by our team and stuff like that yeah oh it's huge just how much like goes on behind the scenes of you know like as a customer we just see all these pink scooters around town but it, yeah like i said just blows my mind to think about how much operations is going on behind that mm. and just your army of people that are around like moving them around and um, <laughs> in the night and making sure they're back at the right end of the station in the morning and yeah it's amazing and what kind of role do you play in all of that do you are you more now at the stage that you manage people and they manage all of that or do you still get your hands dirty a little bit <laughs> yeah like it's definitely a business that like we we didn't pick a business that was kind of the fun hours to operate i guess because a lot of that work happens after um in the early hours of the morning and you know late late at night to get them off the street recharge and back on the street so um yeah at, especially at the start i was like <laughs> a zombie kind of thing like i was helping you know because at that start we needed um to provide pretty close hands-on guidance to our operational team to make sure that all, all those safety processes were um, being followed and that they were being trained to the level that you know uh, not just flamingo but councils and customers expected so i was up at all hours you know i remember right at the start i was helping sometimes helping people um with the sort of nightly collection until after midnight and then i was back up at 4 or 5 a.m um to help the morning team again so it was sort of like i'd have like a little nap during the day sort of thing um <laughs> but now yeah like um even from the start we have uh you know managers that help in each city and yeah my role is sort of to um, manage those managers and make sure that yeah our wider teams are all tracking along wow and then yeah me personally i sort of um we're sort of moving more and more into a strategic role but we definitely still get our hands dirty and i think um yeah <laughs> we sort of do still operate with a really small um agile startup and sort of um innovative kind of base team that's really happy to jump in and do any sort of role that's required and that that includes um nick and myself for sure yeah and that's good and like you kind of need that not every day obviously because you need to focus on the strategy but occasionally it's good to get back down into the trenches and kind of see what's 
actually happening day to day so you can keep in touch with with everything how it's playing out hmm. mm, so we yeah, kind of touched sure. on or we talked strategy and we and we touched on a little bit at the beginning you dropped in a little nugget there about melbourne which sounds very exciting so i want to hear all about what is next and i think maybe if we leave aside i do want to hear about flamingo food but if we keep that for our COVID chair but right now <laughs> if we look at just if pretending that that didn't happen what's the plan looking forward for flamingo Cool. Okay, so pretending COVID-19 um, didn't happen, we were really excited this year to hopefully expand into Australia as well as New Zealand. So there were a few markets and a few councils who were looking to start new trials um, over here in Oz. And yeah, we just sort of were looking to further expand and see, um, you know, if if flamingo could work in other cities as uh, other countries as well mm. and is that like is that a case of just taking what you've done here and and replicating that like blueprint in those new places yeah to a lot yeah to, yeah to a large extent um we think we've built a really strong foundation i think part of it is you know we wanted to take we wanted to kind of create an A-class business in New Zealand and duplicate that other places, not just kind of start a B or C-class business in lots of different territories and cities and countries around the world. Um, so we feel like we've built a really strong foundation in New Zealand and um, we were really excited to, yeah, trial a sort of expansion elsewhere. And I think um, for us, the focus has primarily always been on New Zealand and Australia um, as a, as a, especially as a starting point. Hmm. I always found it interesting when I back when we could travel, and I would be in different <laughs> cities and realize that they didn't have e-scooters. I'm like, Wellington has them, and and these big cities don't. And I guess like it makes sense because in a bigger city, there's even more intricacies in whether it will work. But yeah, it always, I always found that really fascinating. Like in London, they didn't. I don't know if they do now, but last time I was there, they didn't. And it, yeah, I always found that really mm. interesting. Yeah, London was one place that was looking to kind of open up a trial as well, but I, I assume that that maybe has been put on its um, slow down a little bit as well. Yeah, so that kind of takes us into, I'm really interested to talk to you about this time at the moment, because I imagine for you this has been quite a roller coaster. Um, mm. Level four, you were totally closed, right? So mm-hmm. tell us a bit about what that was like and, and what impact did that have on you and the team and everything? Yeah, it was crazy, really. Um, So, yeah, pretty much overnight we were told um, time to collect the scooters. So that was, you know, it was kind of something that we always had these emergency plans in place for if we ever needed to get every scooter off the street extremely quickly. But it's definitely not a plan I ever thought um, we would need to activate. So (laughs) it was kind of surreal, but we were were so proud of our um, operational team. And I think because of the way we operate i guess we haven't touched on it but we have flamingo feeders who are the um the people who collect and charge and redeploy our scooters so because we utilize this wide network of flamingo feeders we were able to collect those scooters extremely quickly off the street and um and i guess put them all? <laughs> well yeah luckily we have a <laughs> warehouse in each city so the warehouses oh, are just cool. crammed full of um scooters at the moment you can <laughs> barely walk it's kind of it's, it's it's you know the team is so sad to see them all um lined up and kind of um stored away because 
and usual operation you know one one key i guess um operational goal from our point of view is to have as many not in the warehouse and yeah. um repaired and out on the street so it's almost it just felt like um you know yeah. yeah it was it was like it was like day one again when we had them all there ready to go um Lined out, up, out, out yeah. the door <laughs> so it was almost like we'd done a full circle but um yeah i think like uh like a lot of businesses, our income just stopped overnight and um, we sort of went into pure survival mode. But because we are a young startup, you know, we, we quickly realised that we needed to adapt and we needed to try do something slightly differently to, um, you know, pretty much to survive COVID-19 like, like um, the rest of the company. So I think that really was the the push to focus on flamingo food and try something a little bit different um mm. and, so i was interested yeah. to know whether you had planned this before like whether it was on the cards before or, or you just moved into this really quickly when COVID hit and that's mm. what it sounds like yeah well it was sort of always a like a long-term goal like i guess we always have little thoughts about things we could eventually do um and flamingo food was one that we were starting to focus a little bit more on just because we had a few restaurants reach out to us um, in Auckland and we were running a few little trials where they they were um, using our scooters to deliver food. Um, but it really, it truly was COVID-19 and the alert for lockdown that kind of gave us the kick up the bum and, you know, made us, made us um, kind of realise that this is what we should focus on and, you know, this is um, one way we're going to navigate I guess um and sort of change our change our business and pivot a little bit as a result because um you know people weren't moving you know our scooters that had this kind of purpose of helping change the way people move was kind of redundant to a large extent so we started to think about how yeah how can we instead move things to the people (laughs) Mm, I like that it's a very quick pivot like very quick thinking and what like what was that time like for you where we were like right we've got a matter of weeks potentially until level Mm -hmm. three kicks in we want to launch this thing like describe that that chaos to me what was that like yeah it was crazy and I think we just did not um, we looked at the timeline and we're like yeah we really don't have enough time and that was just in its in its own way so exciting and like that because of the I guess the way we are um that kind of you know inspired us and excited us to work really really quickly really um in a really focused and driven manner and it just kind of yeah um inspired us to really put everything into it so that we could launch um you know that day that New Zealand came out of lockdown and um you know (laughs) we've been in level three for a few weeks now but I can still remember how much I was craving you know um takeaway food and most of the country was the same so um you know we we really did want to be ready for that that first day out of lockdown and um you know we yeah we just put everything into achieving that um and yeah it was a crazy rush crazy (laughs) but you did it that's amazing and has it been going down well like people people loving it yeah it's been awesome so we um we've sort of started a little bit slowly like it's taken a bit of time to get all the restaurants on board and loading up their menus and everything else but um it's been awesome yeah we've been overwhelmed by 
the support I think the restaurant community in um, New Zealand we've quickly learned it's really really close knit and um, kind of all very um, yeah it's a close kind of environment um, community and we've been overwhelmed by the support for a New Zealand owned food delivery service um, and it's kind of been it's been really exciting like they've welcomed us with open arms and um, there's been huge support. I guess there's a, there was a bit of a backlash at the beginning of Level 3 with the fees that other companies uh, take with food delivery. So how, did, like, did you guys know it and like anticipate that backlash and, and want to come in and offer an alternative that was New Zealand owned or was that just a happy kind of accident the way it played out for you? Yeah, it was. A, a, what, what, we didn't know that there was, when we started working on Flamingo Food at the start of... Um, the lockdown we didn't know it was going to become such a kind of I guess um, point of conversation <laughs> that's for sure but it, yeah it did kind of create into its own little opportunity because we always knew we wanted to offer a fair deal for those restaurants um, and we're so proud of the fact that we've been able to you know in a time where a lot of the economy is um, hurting you know create some new jobs um, across the country for people to deliver food on our scooters and yeah I mean over like I say we've been overwhelmed by the support from the restaurants um, in particular and you know just helping them get those deliveries that they and breach those customers at home that they otherwise maybe wouldn't be able to reach has been um, yeah awesome and you know I think the fact that we've been able to pivot our own business but also the fact that we've been able to help other businesses has been really rewarding yeah because as a food business i've had a food business in the past and just like setting up a delivery situation especially quickly it's it's hard like you're not going to be able to do that overnight and so when level two comes around which hopefully will be soon <laughs> do you do the e-scooters then or do you have to wait till we're in level one for that yeah so the original advice from ministry of transport is that they wouldn't be allowed um micro mobility schemes wouldn't be allowed at all in alert level two um but yeah we've sort of come together not just flamingo but all other operators as an industry alongside councils and um other local kind of governments have come together and kind of said you know we we do believe that e-scooters can be operated safely um, under alert level 2 with, with a whole heap of additional safety and hygiene measures so um, at the moment we're still still waiting to hear back on whether um, with those with those measures in place um, we would be allowed to return to the streets under alert level 2 but if, if we do yeah there will be um, a way way stronger focused on sanitization so we'd have our safety ambassadors out in the street regularly sanitizing between um, rides and making sure that um, you know that you know we'll have messaging in the app and other other safety reminders to ensure that people realize that you know they should wash their hands after the same way as if you're um, you know you've got it on a a public transport on a bus or a train and you've had to touch public surfaces in the same way um, need to take the same safety precautions when it comes to a scooter and I think 
the good thing is that, like I said earlier, we are a technology company at, at the core of everything. So we, we can use our apps to kind of communicate and put those safety messages out to customers. But we can also, um, you know, we, we have track, we can track and we have logs of every single customer, repair staff, um, feeder who touches a scooter. So in the unlikely case that contact tracing is needed, we do have that solution in place and we can also track, you know, how often a scooter has been sanitized so that we can make sure we're achieving um, a certain standard where a scooter is sanitized between a certain number of rides to make sure that, um, you know, it's been fully cleaned and any chance of, um, any you know, and, this, and the low chance because this we don't think this... The evidence doesn't show that a scooter would be a, um, you know, a really easy way to transmit COVID nineteen. But and and the small chance that it does, um, yeah, making sure that it's been completely cleaned in between rides is, um, you know, we can use our technology to sort of help us achieve that as well. That's really interesting. I imagine you're doing a lot of work on that at the moment, getting ready for mm. that that hopeful move. But and I guess to some extent, like as a consumer. Uh, nobody wants to catch this so from our point of view like I you know I would happily pre-clean it before I get on but then on the other hand like in terms of transport it's a very socially distanced method like you you know you're meant to only use them with one person at a time so I can see how there's things on both sides of that yeah for sure and the councils are sort of wanting those um, e-scooters to still be available to limit the amount that people need to be in buses and trains um, and other other forms of public transport which I think they're expecting that even though not uh, not heaps and heaps of people are all of a sudden going to start um, travelling as normal again it's definitely um, still going to be hard to provide enough buses so that they can be run with social distancing I mean <laughs> I don't know if you've taken a bus recent you know before lockdown but um you know you're quite often crammed up pretty close to other people so um yeah we definitely think that e-scooters can help help I guess um alleviate that pressure on the bus networks and other public transport especially when that social distancing is so important and yeah we encourage anyone to jump on a scooter and you know social distance themselves by riding a scooter instead of um jumping into yet any other form of shared transport yeah that makes total sense to me like that was the first thing that popped into my mind so (laughs) hopefully the councils feel that common sense coming into it as well um so just part of this before we wrap up i do like to think about how we can support these amazing businesses that we're talking to during these times um i guess using flamingo food if it's available as an option to order your takeout is a really key one do you want to give us a bit of info on on how we can go about doing that Flamingo Food is available now to download on the App Store and the Google Play Store. So um, all you need to do is download and those restaurants are all ready to go and ready to accept orders, which is really exciting. Yeah, perfect. And people can do that. It's a really great way to support 
a local business at the same time as supporting your favorite restaurant so it's like a double whammy which is awesome and then of course once you guys are back up and running we will encourage everyone to use a scooter and just know that when you do you are choosing flamingo because they're a new zealand owned and operated option and the safest as well so that's awesome we can definitely do that and so awesome. last up uh i would love to hear if you could share with us you've done you've had a crazy ride through this business so i'm sure you've got some really great wisdom that you've picked up along the way if you can share some advice or a tip that you've learned that would be cool to end on a positive note so my favorite piece of advice is that is that there's no such thing as a lack of time but only a lack of priorities so if you set really clear and tight time frames and deadlines you'll be surprised at how quickly you can achieve what you want to achieve and get those get those goals um ticked off and i guess yeah that's one thing that we had to push ourselves to do especially with the launch of flamingo food and it's been so exciting to see it pay off and be able to help not just the restaurants but um the whole kind of new zealand economy start to pick back up by creating jobs and um yeah get get help people to support their local restaurants even when they can't can't go out and kind of enjoy them in the same way that they otherwise would oh that's so good i love that and yeah i've heard i've heard similar advice and i think one way i've heard it said is that um what is it you have as many hours in the day as beyonce which i think is a fantastic <laughs> way of looking at it and i know that there's some holes in that um when you put it when you compare yourself to beyonce but um i definitely am on board with the sentiment so thank you for sharing that that's yeah it's very inspiring how quickly you've managed to do you know not just the first launch of flamingo but now flamingo food as well so i've just loved hearing about it and i know that everyone out there will look out for the pink scooter options when they are back <laughs> on the road um, best of luck with everything for Flamingo Food and for the return to business. We would definitely be keeping an eye out. So thanks, Jackson. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, Grace. Thanks for having me. As I suspected, that was just a killer chat with Jackson all about what goes on behind the scenes to start and run an e-scooter business across three cities in New Zealand just so fascinating. I really appreciated Jackson sharing a bit of his time with us during what was a very busy lockdown for them, getting Flamingo food off the ground, so I am super grateful. Make sure you do jump on a Flamingo scooter next time you see need some of that handy last mile transport. Look out for the hot pink scooter options. And of course, check out the Flamingo Food app if it does operate in your neighborhood. Who wouldn't want their food delivered on a scooter? Amazing. As always, if you do have a second to jump on and give us a review, that would be so appreciated. And of course, you can also stay up to date with all the latest episodes via Instagram at peptalknz. I'll see you there. Until next time, bye.